Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Luke Charles and you're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, promise, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, and I just thank you for allowing us to gather inside your presence and just always being there and never leaving at any time. And Lord, I also just thank you for making every day a great day and making everything good. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Yes, he does do that. He makes every day a great day. So. He's a good God. Amen. He sure is. So it's a great day to be in the Word and to continue our study of Him and His Word together. So welcome, everybody. We're continuing our study, and we're in 1 Corinthians, still in chapter 15. So <laughs> we're still there. The Lord's still still talking to us about that. But um, So we're going to continue on with that. Can I get a volunteer to read verses 50 through the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, Kyla. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I told you a mystery. Wait, behold, I tell you a mystery, excuse me. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must also put on immortality. But when this perishable will have to put on the imperishable and this mortal will have to put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Mm-hmm. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, bre- beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Amen is right. And with that, we're going to do as our normal custom to open the floor to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have so we can all discuss the word and learn together as the holy spirit is teaching us all right yes yes so who'd like to begin i guess i will i found verse 36 interesting where he's saying the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law and the lord just showed me that paul's not saying that the ten commandments were wrong and that moses was going out doing it of his own will but he's saying that when you know the standard and you're on and you do not do it then it's sin because if the Lord never made a standard and said, you guys go do whatever you want, he couldn't hold you accountable for sinning. And how he's saying that once you try to fall into that category of trying to be perfect and try to follow all the commandments of the law and you miss one, you're ultimately in sin. There's no redemption through the law. It's just paper. And how he's saying that with Jesus Christ, then you can actually have victory over sin 
not trying to list out the things that you have to try to overcome with your own flesh and to wrestle out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yes, the only way we can have victory is in Jesus and through his blood. But I, I have a, a question for you. Is it possible that the law he's talking about here is not just the law of Moses? But is Aha. The law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. Christ's blood redeems us from all sin. And sin didn't start with Moses, did it? No. no. So if his blood and since his blood places us back in our rightful place, that we had with him where there's no more enmity between us and God. There's no more separation, um, meaning our sin doesn't keep us from him. Then perhaps he's talking about something much more deep and more profound than the law of Moses. It's the law of sin and death, which separated us from him in the beginning. The law, the sin nature, which is passed through human flesh, right? Yes. So, that is a, a great thing. And it's, as he's describing this, this section, he's also talking about our restoration to our place in the heavenly community as well. The, fin- the, the final phase of that, when he presents all the, the kingdom back to the Father without spot or wrinkle, this is our, our changing point, if you will, for the, the last hurrah into glory. Not the last hurrah of, of everything, but our are transitioning into glory with him. So it covers all of that, all sin, not just the law of Moses. And death certainly happened before the law of Moses was given. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? If you want to go, you can go. Go ahead, promise. Okay, then I'll go. (laughs) Please do, sir. First, the Lord was directing me to verse 56, where it says, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. And originally I thought when Mario was talking about it's also the law of sin and death, but the Lord is also showing me that when he said the strength of sin is law is, yes, the strength of sin and death, but when you sin, the, you can't get out scot-free unless you repent. Mm-hmm. So what Paul's, what Paul's talking about is the law of sin is not the requirement, but what has to be done in order to to be forgiven. But also, if you don't get, if you don't, if you don't repent, then you're inside of the law of sin. Right. So we have there are spiritual laws that are in the earth that you can't always see, but you see the result of. And yes. we know that the penalty of sin is death, right? So yes. when we talk about the law of sin and death, it's also covering the fact that there is a spiritual law. Um, I know we talk about Adam a lot because it gives us a, a picture of mm-hmm. of what God wants and what he creates, but also secret things that aren't readily visible or that we might glaze over in our life today. Adam didn't know there was such a thing as death. That's, that's why when the enemy came and tempted him, he said, well, you won't really die, right? He didn't really understand that there's not only a natural death, but there's a spiritual death, which is separation from God. 
So that is a spiritual law that Adam wasn't aware of, but it remains the fact that this is what is the truth of who God is. He does. He is righteous and he's holy. He is almighty God and he has ways that he operates when we're on the the obedient side of it. We don't see the repercussions of the negative side of spiritual laws. We only see the good side of spiritual laws. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that they're there. So as humans, the only way that we can ride above those, um, the negative side of them and be in cooperation with the Lord is to stay under his covering. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. So he didn't know that there was such a thing as spiritual death. He had never seen it. God just said die, but he meant die, die. He meant die naturally, physically, and die spiritually. But there's also everything else that comes as a result in tandem with such things. So, um, oh, I'm finished. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. I didn't have anything really significant. I just, uh, um, in verse 58, um, you know, I love to go back to the original text mm -hmm. and just um, talk about some of the words here um, and really look deeper into their meaning. Mm -hmm. We're, we get so trapped and we don't realize that you know, we, we have a word and we associate it in a certain way. And especially when it comes to the scriptures, there's much more fullness and much more in it this word is living and active it's always expanding in us and always being magnified by the holy spirit and always yeah. new and fresh and so um as we look at uh, verse 58 and the last part there being in vain um there's there's some there's the definition of vain um this word is kinos or kenos i'm sorry uh the definition empty met empty ineffective foolish worthless false unreal or hollow mm -hmm. right so it's not going to be any of those things amen to that right it's not going to be empty it's not going to be foolish although sometimes we feel that way because the enemy wants us to think that right mm -hmm. and friends even some of our christian brothers and sisters may say things why are you doing this really is that really what god's called you to do right i mean it's these things that trip us up, but it's not going to be foolish. It's not going to be ineffective. It's not going to be worthless. It's not going to be hollow. It's going Amen. to be full to Amen. the full measure of it. So uh -huh. that was just one. And then the other word, uh, let's see, that I wanted to get into was uh, abounding earlier on. So to be I beloved, like be steadfast, word. immovable, abounding. And let's look at abounding. Abounding is a verb. Um, it comes, uh, it is perisio. Um and I love this right here. So it's, a, it's got uh, to abound, to overflow, um, to cause, to abound. But here's, here's the really good translation. To exceed the ordinary. Mm -hmm. Right? It exceeds the ordinary. It's going to be so abounding, right? It's going to be so out of the norm of all the things that we see when we think about abounding, right? Just kind of, mm -hmm. just another fullness to it. Just love the way that the mm -hmm. Lord shares things like that with us. So, yes, Amen. And then the, the other thing in this section um, that uh, John or Kamisha or any of you, I'd love to, love to you to speak on is that I think, um, and, and we may need to put this into another time. Okay. It may not be for today, but you know, so many people, and I just can't wait to go to heaven, right? They almost like, 
there's almost like this hanging on for this toil here on the earth, and I'm going to go be in heaven. But ultimately, we're going to be here on the earth. We're not, we're not, our time is not to be spent in heaven. It's to be on the new earth, right? Mm -hmm. new I think it's to be earth. new and renewed and back to the order of the real creation. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when, when we, we think of uh, sections like this, you know, that talk about what's going to be happening and how we're going to be awakened, right, and how all these things are going to happen. Just think it's important people understand what that means, where we're going, right? Mm -hmm. not, not your, your destiny, your desire is not to be in heaven. Right. It, it's more so to be in his presence Amen. without separation, without the, the frailty of human flesh that cannot stand in his presence, but to be fully one with him and without ever having to depart again and to enjoy all that he is and all. I can't wait to see Jesus like, mm -hmm. you know, I plan on smelling his hair and, you know, after he <laughs> pries me off, <laughs> then we'll move on. But you know, the excitement of being in his presence. However, I understand like the, the new Jerusalem, all the fullness of the, the plan that God has, it is not missing or devoid of any one treasure, but it's something that's very exciting that God has. Yeah. Every mm -hmm. time I, I think about the Genesis story, you know, and here's Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden, right? Mm -hmm. The most luscious, wonderful of all God's creation. They're, they're walking with him in the cool of the day. There is no inhibition in them whatsoever. Exactly. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And here comes this, the serpent, whatever he was at the time, you know, whatever, however he was manifest, whatever that mm -hmm. looks like. And, you know, I always, I'm just in the back of my mind, I'm just like screaming like, no, you know, like, like you're watching a movie. Yeah. <laughs> the right? horror movie. Don't go you in there. No, yeah. <laughs> Don't go in the kitchen alone, right? Don't go out to the shed alone. No, <laughs> stop. Yeah, exactly. You can't be doing this. How can you reason this way? And yet we're going to actually see the creation, the fullness that God intended mm. for it to be. And we get to experience it. That's what we're going to be in that. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Creation and restoration. Absolutely. Um, those are... Oh, Kyla had something to say, sweetheart. Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead, Dad. Please, no, no, please. Oh, because it was on a different verse, so you can... That's okay. Oh. We're, we'll tie it all together. Don't um, worry. What interests me was verse 55. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? kind of reminds me, like, if we look in modern times, like how people... How bills get signed into effect. Like how this law the law of sin and death was put into place like how people secretly disguise bills and laws that into effect and try to say oh it's this great thing until they deceive you until it comes out it's really not great and then people are so hurt by it but also you can see how god made a way of escape and mm -hmm. he planned to tear that apart and even though the enemy tried to deceive and secretly put mm -hmm. this thing into effect god overcame it and still delivered everyone from it. Mm -hmm. So I, I love the, um, the I believe it's a proverb. There's no counsel against the Lord. You can prepare your chariots for battle. You can make as many strategies as you like, but you can never overcome him. You can never out strategize our God. You can't out muscle him. You can't do any of those things. And and the, the beginning, the beginning, we have a beginning that we, we see starting in Genesis, but there was something that happened before that. Yes. When, when Lucifer left his place and said, I'm going to take over and I'm going to be like the most high God, I'm going to ascend to the mountain, I'm going to do all these things. And God kicked him out of heaven. Um, I think we heard Kat Kerr say the other day, that was his love 
like just the sheer love of God because he is love and his power booting him out of heaven. But the beginning, God already knew that the enemy was going to try and corrupt mm-hmm. the rest of humanity or creation because he had already declared, I'm going to go do these things and overpower God. So he wasn't unaware. And um, to understand that he knew Satan was in the garden. Can't be an all-knowing God and not know that your enemy is there. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he made us to have victory over the enemy. So resting and being assured and fully knowing that God was, he had already planned it out. The Bible talks about Jesus being the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Not an afterthought like, oh, Satan, oh man. Okay, Jesus, get ready, get on the cross. It wasn't like that. It was God fully knew and understood what was going to happen. And the victory that we have that overcomes the world is our faith. And we also have the the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So just understanding that our God is truly greater. You cannot out strategize him. Doesn't matter what Satan does. It doesn't matter who chooses to go on his side. It doesn't matter how much time has passed. Our God is still victorious and he will be victorious. And as we remain in him, we have the same opportunity to ride and reign over those things as well in Jesus. So I always love that about God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, just to build on, on all these things a little bit, um, verse 50 really jumped out at me because like anything, like any thought and a pattern that we have, oh, well, I don't know about everyone, but I hope we have seen it, right? Because it's, it's become evident to me of Paul will state something in the beginning and then bring it up multiple times, each time with a little more clarity, discussing a different aspect of it. And with the, the hope and the intention of building up the body of Christ, right? And um, so he begins this, this thought in this section that we've been discussing by saying, now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit corruption. Now, for a lot of this, we have been discussing um, the law of sin and death, right? That's, that's what we were discussing afterwards. And you will find, I'll say that law in a, in a couple different places. Um, we'll just bring up a few. James brings it up. James being the the brother of Jesus. And that's in James 1. Hang on, I've got to find the verse again. (laughs) Um, Dad, are you talking about um, James 1.15? Yes. Yep, that's the one. Thank you. Um, he gives you the whole pattern and process here, actually, um, in verse, uh, start begins at verse 12, but really 13 through 15, right? Or 13 through 16. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted 
when he's drawn away by his own desires or own lusts and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. So James, again, the brother of Christ, outlines this whole, um, the whole process. He really, I'll say it in this way, he simplifies what the Lord gave to, to the children of Israel in Leviticus 26 and reminded again the generation that was to enter the promised land, right? In Deuteronomy 28. If you really study that out, the first 14 verse has all these blessings and and benefits for all the people that willingly choose and through faith choose to follow the Lord, right? Yes. And then what are all the other verses? Mm. It goes into very exacting detail of all the different ways which sin affects us. But ultimately and you can read it in both of them, that it produces death. It talks about people wasting away, right? Uh, those that aren't consumed by, or, or slaughtered, whichever way you want to phrase it, by enemies that have been given authority as a result of sin. The, the ones that remain still waste away. Is, there's still death there. So exactly, it confirms what James is saying or has come to, to realize through the revelation of the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, that sin produces death. Well, I guess they've also heard about it for their whole lives, but it's clearly understanding it in a different way. And, you know, this, this verse also speaks to <laughs> the other, I'll say a, a misconception, right? Where it said, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. God did not need your sin to make you spotless and blameless. He did not need your sin to die on the cross so that he could die on the cross, right? No, he did that long before there was need, right? There was already a plan in place to redeem us from sin, and he does this constantly. Um, <laughs> I mean, he knows the end from the beginning, so clearly he planned it all out, the end from the beginning, before it even happened. But, but he continually reminds us of this in his word, and it's demonstrated. Right? You can look at even Deuteronomy 31. It begins in, in verse 25, right? Where Moses finished writing down all the words of the law in the book, which is then known as the book of the law. Right? We know it as the, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, right? And he said he gives the the Levites, the priests, specific instructions on where to place it, where to place this book. And then he, he again encourages them to abide by all the words of the book, right? And, and of course, because right, human nature is always, oh, absolutely, I'll do it. I'll follow it to the letter and I won't miss anything, right? That's, how many times have we said that in our own lives about, uh, I'll say, things of significantly less importance many right um, i can say that right <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and then then you come to find out or uh, not come to find out but you realize oh wait i'm doing the complete opposite of all these things and and it come, becomes especially apparent when it's pointed out to you all right and we may hem and haw and try to deny and and all that right but the reality is we were in opposition right so moses response was 
No, I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. If today, while I'm yet alive and with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, how much more after my death? So again, it's not about the group. It's about us individually. Our personal, deep, and intimate relationship with the Lord, what is that like? Are we our own self, me for myself, and you for yourself, seeking the Lord with everything in our being, determined, our, our driving force, our delight and desire is to be pleasing to the Lord, right? So, so again, no, he did not need our sin. He made a way in spite of our sin, right? Which is exactly what Paul discusses in a, a number of other places. Um, we'll go to Ephesians first, Ephesians 2, right? Where he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. As uh, Ephesians 2, verse 1, and now verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, con- fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, we were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. And here's verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we, when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, or by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Right, And he, he says something very similar in Romans 8, which is the, also known as the Life in the Spirit chapter. Where he says, oh, we'll start in verse 2. Well, I'll say, we'll start in verse 1. We'll read verses 1 through 5, right? But I would strongly recommend for, for anyone to read the first 17 verses. Of, of that chapter in their own time. I'll just read the first five here. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For, the, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit the things of the Spirit. All right, but this is also not the first time that Paul has discussed these things. Right? He brings this up, or he brought this up at the beginning of his of his letter. Or towards the beginning of his letter. In chapter six. Right? So again, this is a reminder in the same letter. Right? It's also how he presents his his case, if you will, articulates it, and even writes, you know, you could say academically, right? And he's laying out all the arguments, but then reminding him of this thing he'd already discussed, where he says, as uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, 
Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. And then he says, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who submit uh, to or perform homosexual acts, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor verbal abusers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And actually, he, he says it in, in other, well, he addresses it in other places as well, right? But um, this is all just in the same letter. It's a reminder. And it's also how he, be, again, begins this, this thought and, I'll say, section of Scripture where he's, he begins discussing our victory in Christ, right? Yes. Which is important. It's absolutely important. So, oh, excuse me, <laughs> yeah, our final victory in Christ and it all comes as a result of our faith and walking in the Lord. But also acknowledging, and, and, and again, laying out, articulating, proving how Christ is different. His, his excellent, his majesty, his glory, his dominion, his power, and the authority given to him. But also what he accomplished for us on the cross, for those that would believe. That, that is the beginning. That is the key aspect here of, of our victory and of our salvation. Do we actually believe in Christ? And will we choose to come into a relationship with him? And by that, I mean a right relationship where he is our God. And we, you, me, are his people. You and I are his people. Not together. But he is, he is your God all by himself. Not as a result of me or because of me, right? but that, that you choose to put him in his rightful place. Because that's his place whether you choose to put him there or not. Right? Before Abraham was, he was. Mm-hmm. Or he is. It was, is and was and is. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so he was already God long before we came on the scene. Mm-hmm. And he will be God for eternity. Amen. So long after we we leave this earth, or how the Bible reflects it, the land of the living. So I, I would encourage us today to, if you have not come into a relationship with him, to, to do so. Mm-hmm. That's where it begins. But that's a choice. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely a choice that each and every one of us have to make. And then... After that point, he, he continues to outline, and I love this, he articulates all the different ways which Christ is different, but then how he has defeated death and the law of sin and death. And he encourages them or leaves them with that thought that, hey, be steadfast, immovable. And the only way that we can be steadfast and immovable if Christ is our all in all is our everything and in every aspect of our life. Because if he is, then because of our love for him, we will be obedient. Not only will we be obedient in what he is telling us to say and to do, but we will, as the next part, right, continue to abound in the work of the Lord and what he's telling us to do. We won't grow slack. We won't grow weary, right? But also, 
we will know that our labor for the Lord is not not in vain. Our labor for the Lord is not in vain. He already labored for us. Mm. He died on the cross for us. He redeemed us of the curse, the law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. We literally owe him everything. Will we choose to acknowledge that and to put him in his rightful place in our lives? Mm-hmm. Thank you, honey. Um, at the beginning of the chapter, he was also reminding them or encouraging them about there being a resurrection. Uh-huh. Because there were some people that were saying, no, there's not a resurrection from the dead and um, challenging the believers in um, Corinth or dissuading them or discouraging them concerning what their end state would be. And, you know, here he's, even as the Holy Spirit has given him understanding and revelation, describing that process, you know, to further give his, his brothers and sisters in Christ hope and understanding of who we are and what we're doing and admonishing them and encouraging them as well as um, comforting them that our, our love for Jesus is not for nothing. Our um, persisting in relationship towards him is not for nothing. It's not for um, no purpose and no point. So there's absolutely a reason why we love him and an absolutely a reason why we continue until the very end with him. We have great things to look forward to. Amen. So I know that's a lot, a lot for people to consider and, uh, and to ponder over. But um, uh, I would, so with that, we're going to pause there to allow the opportunity for that to happen, for the Holy Spirit to, to minister to you and for you to seek out, search out the scriptures and, and to see if what we're saying is true. Okay? Okay. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you for being in our presence, Lord, and just making us in your image, Lord, and just giving us all the tools we need to succeed in life, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for this written word that you have given us, Lord, so that way we don't have to make the same mistakes, Lord, that we can just move on with you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, I also just thank you for... How you guide us through the day, Lord, and how you just have unending knowledge and you just know exactly how to do everything, Lord, to the best and the place where we are needed most, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.